happy, happy Friday, Fresco Babies. How are we doing today? I hope everything is wonderful. I hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend planned. Last week, I did make a mistake. If you listen to the show, you'll know that it came out on Wednesday, not Friday. This is simply a temporary mishap because I'm an idiot. I'm not an idiot. It's just that my thumb slipped when I was clicking to schedule and not post now. And I clicked post now. And I could either delete the episode and let it go away for all of eternity, or we roll with the punches. And we say, release it now. Release it now. And so we release it now. I appreciate you being here. Welcome back to the Interdimensional Bedroom. Uh, at some point in the episode, we do get into a book I just finished be called, and it's called Running the Light. And the author is Sam Talent, who's a wonderful comedian out of Denver, Colorado. Um, I never mentioned the title of the book, only who it was written by, but it's called Running the Light. Uh, buy it wherever books are sold. The audiobook just came out, too. It really, really offered some some good perspective for me on, on stand-up comedy. If you like stand-up comedy, you'll probably like the book. Uh, this week was a good episode. We revisit um, some stuff about alcohol that we talked about last week. We get into the shame train um, and how shame is a device. Is a device. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Is a device um, that we just got to get over. We, we, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about music and what the songs that kind of changed our lives and the artists that kind of changed our lives. I talk about my paper route. Um, I talk about having alone time as a teenager. It's just a good episode. Uh, if it's your first, fifth, sixth, seventh time here, Man, do I appreciate you being here. You guys are keeping Fresco Savage alive, man. I, I, I love being able to, to have a, a place to put these feelings. I'm just trying. I'm, uh, I, at this point, it feels like I'm. it's a public forum to attack my demons. So enjoy this week's episode of Fresco Savage, live from the interdimensional bedroom. bitch <laughs> how are you this week dude dude amazing are you i'm amazing dude are you still sober i am eighth day. Sober. ninth day ninth day dude um that's awesome man yeah tell me tell me more wait Go way on. to fucking start the are you sober <laughs> <laughs> i was <laughs> i was thinking about it last night i'm gonna have to have a drink to keep looking at this goatee you've got rocking right now. yeah dude, I you're really laying into life here what is going on uh spring break we had a little break at work and uh i just really let and go you of said it. you're like i want to party with some underage girls i gotta grow my goatee <laughs> out <laughs> no, no it's just the uh uh, I just let go of everything for a little bit. No, nah, man, li life is great. Life is great right now. Um, I just sipped a LaCroix. It's a bubbly. It's a, I I'm, not, I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. LaCroix. Okay. Um, okay. What kind of LaCroix? You got to tell me. It's a pineapple bubbly. Bubbly has released a new line of flavors. It's it's not LaCroix. You it's just use it. I said okay. I'm not a liar. I fixed it earlier. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to be aggressive. 
Bubbly. Um, Bubbly has released some new flavors lately, and they are really top-notch, like, heavy. Like, as far as soda water goes, or, like, seltzer or whatever you want to call it, the flavors are so banging compared to any other. Like, the new flavors, they're, they're, like, really nailing it with the new flavors. I don't know if it's because they're it's a lot of citrus-based, like, bright, acidic flavors, like, this is pineapple. There's a blueberry pomegranate that's really good. I'm not sure if that's why, like, it's, like, sour veg- it's sour fruit. That helps a little bit. Uh, but, um, man, that flavor just cuts. And I, I, my brain wants to drink something fun. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, when I'm doing, like, it, it's kind of like a replacement for having a beer or something. It's, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to not have something fun. I don't want to drink flat water like a psychopath. Like, no, like... I'm not Steven Glansberg. Like I want regular water. I want yeah. good. I want something fun. And I'm not yeah. gonna drink soda. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, d- does that book that you read or that article? No, it was a book. Um, talk about like sometimes our craving for alcohol just being being kind of thirsty. Well, that's that's actually how the book starts. Is um the book it. starts with um overall alcohol dehydrates you because it uses that as a metaphor for what alcohol does is it gives you a problem and then convinces you that it's also the solution, which is not real. Um, and so it starts the book with like dehydration as like, cause that's Mm -hmm. the first thing it kind of tells your body. Like when you first start drinking, it's like, Oh man, after a baseball game with the buds, crack open a cold Coors light and just refresh your thirst, but actually it dehydrates you. Mm. Um, and then it uses that as like, you know, and then you start using alcohol to cope with financial woes or, or personal woes. And it's actually alcohol then causes those things as, as you progress with drinking more and more, it actually causes financial stress. It actually causes personal drama in your life. And then you, but you think it's the solution. Mm-hmm. And that's the brainwashing that you have to get yourself out of. And I don't know if I'm out of it yet. I know that I don't really feel like drinking. Uh, I'm feeling great. I'm sleeping better than I have. I feel like a child when I sleep. I like sleep eight hours straight. I like have a nighttime routine. I feel like I'm growing up. Uh, I have like, I like turn my lights off. I brush my teeth. I read for an hour and then I like sleep eight hours straight, like crazy mm-hmm. sleep. Uh, like I used to, I just accepted it was normal that I wake up four times a night. That yeah. was no, I was like, this is my life now as an adult. Cause I don't sleep good. Like I just, I just decided to identify with, I don't sleep well. Mm-hmm. And you know, things are going to happen in life. You know, people are going to pass away. There's going to be work stuff. And it's just like, I'm not worried about that right now. I can really worry about this today. And right now I feel great and I've never been more productive and I feel good every day. I start my day strong. And I like, I look forward to going to bed and reading every night. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad that that's going well for you. Do you have a plan in place for when life does hit hard and you're going to absolutely want to drink again? Do you have a plan for how you're going to resist? Um, I do not believe I have the gumption to deal with it until that moment. Yeah, but that's, oof, that's a, that's the risk. Maybe you'll, uh, but it's not like I'm not, but it's, uh, I'm more concerned with happy drinking than sad drinking. Yeah. I mean, I'm just after 2020, it's like, you might as well have a disaster plan for whatever goal you're setting. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I, 
it, it it's not like I don't consider myself a disease. It's not if I happen to drink, I'll drink. And gotcha. then I'll not drink the next day. Like I'll just start the process over again. I'm not really worried about it. I'm pretty fluid. It just now I don't I I just I have alcohol in my house and I'm happy and I don't even want to drink. That makes more that's bigger for me than having a drink on a bad day. That may happen. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I, like, I guess I uh, misinterpreted your and that's okay. It's it's kind of it's kind of a personal thing. And it's not <laughs> it, you know, it's uh it's weird. But I've told all my friends I don't really want to drink anymore, at least for a while. And they've all accepted me, so that's great. Because I was worried I about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't accept it. I mean, I know I'm, you're pissed. You're fucking livid. I'm I'm bored already, man. This is boring as shit. Yeah, what the fuck is this podcast about? If I can't be drunk at four p.m. with my friend, yeah, dude, what's going on? Well, dude, I'll tell you what. I'm drinking a it's a mixture called Athletic Greens, which is yeah, like, I've heard of it. You listen to podcasts. You've been advertised yeah, Athletic Greens. I listen to male male dominated podcasts. Uh, yeah, I have a friend who has Athletic Greens, and I'm like, oh, what podcast do you listen to? Yeah, it's a no, very podcast-focused marketing on their part. It is, it is, and I think that's kind of, I think it's really smart because of how invested people can get into podcasts. But anyway, um, especially anyways, if the host, if the host is like, I really love this, and you've been listening yeah. to that person talk for four years, and you trust them, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really effective. That's why I have me undies. That's Absolutely. the only reason I use MeUndies. Dude, I'm wearing MeUndies right now, and it's the same thing. Um, but anyway, just if you need another plug or a reason to try Athletic Greens, it is good. It's got a lot of vitamins. I'm kind of recovering from being a little – I think I got the little mild 24-hour flu, as they call it. And uh, Coronavirus? No, a little a little bug. I don't, I don't believe I had corona. But I do believe I got a little bug. And um, I'm, this Athletic Greens, I think it's going to bring me all the way back to – yeah, I, I considered it because I'm really bad with breakfast. I don't really like eating breakfast. Yeah. Um, but I started eating overnight oats. So that's just become part of my nighttime routine is making my overnight oats. So I have been eating breakfast. And overnight but, oats just can in this something you do, it's not like a brand, right? That's something nope, like, it's called oh. overnight oats. It's I I've I've been kind of getting into wellness, which is fucking I you'd asked me three weeks ago what I thought my life would be in three weeks. Even now, I know it sounds crazy. It's only been nine days since I've stopped mm-hmm. drinking, but my life is so different in nine <laughs> days. The fact that I don't dedicate seven hours of my day to shoving poison down my throat, I have like achieved so much in nine days. Like my, I like redid my apartment. I deep cleaned everything. I moved furniture around. I like got new stuff. I've started a nighttime routine, which includes overnight oats, which is just, you take just a mason jar. You put a half cup of oats, half cup of milk, quarter cup of yogurt, a little bit of honey and some chia seeds, mix it all up, put it in the fridge overnight. And then the next day, like I chop up walnuts and a banana right now, but you can do really anything. You just put some fresh fruit and something on there. It's really good for you. It's only like 500 calories. And, um, oats are really good for you. And it's like, my usual breakfast was eggs and bacon every day. I just ate eggs, bacon, and buttered toast. That's not good for a human to do every day. It's good. It's not good every day though. And so like, I've really fallen in love with routines and I feel like I'm just like castrating myself slowly with a, with a paperclip. Like, I'm just like, I feel like I'm, I'm becoming really domesticated. Like really boring. What? Yeah. yeah. But I really love That's the, the trap is though. Because I feel really good. Do you know what it's like? You maybe you do, maybe you don't. Imagine you've woken up hungover every day for four and a half years. 
and then yeah. for nine oh, days straight, you're you feel great, <laughs> and, it's, and you start you be, feel better and better every day because yeah. your body better. is like readjusting. Yeah. To this thing, and it was really tough. The first four days were really tough. I'll be honest with you. Not like withdrawals. I don't think it wasn't like shakes, like like heroin or anything like that. But it was like my body prepared for the onslaught of alcohol every day. So when I took that out, my stomach for like the first four days was like still pumping full of acid to deal with the onslaught of alcohol that I was giving it. Mm -hmm. And so it like was really painful and like I had Mm -hmm. headaches kind of, and it was more like, it felt like boredom headaches. It was like, my brain was like, this isn't normal. This isn't, this is our, this isn't our, our, you know, um, there's a scientific term for it. It's a hemo. What? It's not oh, hemoglobin, but you know what I'm talking about, right? It's um, with osmosis. Osmosis and diffusion is part of it. Homeostasis. Yeah. This isn't our homeostasis. Sure. Right? Like, this is not how we operate. And yeah. so, like, my body was just kind of, like, very confused. I just want to, I just remembered a different word. I think yeah. equilibrium. Equilibrium. I think it means kind of the same thing. Work, yeah. But homeostasis is the process of maintaining equilibrium. Okay. Okay. Or, like, in general, homeostasis is is like all the things in our body that are trying to keep us alive and then equilibrium is like maintaining the balance that you're supposed to be at okay okay thank whatever you. thank you um, to my bio teacher <laughs> so yeah just man it's been it's been a good like week week and a half uh, we're just gonna keep keep her moving good man i'm, I'm glad to hear it your skin looks great you, look you don't great. you can't see my skin no dude i can tell I can see a difference in your skin in the way. Really? It, yeah, I can. And they say that that's one of the first things that happens with alcoholics. When that's weird because because I went to had family Easter on Sunday and everyone told me I looked really good. Yeah, it's because your skin has the correct amount of water in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I mean, man. I am hydrating hard because of all the bubbly and shit. I mean, I I'm only drinking water. That's all I drink. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I, I, I think it's interesting this idea of boredom and, um, like fun and being and being boring because it feels like you're being more boring because you're not drinking. But when you think about it, the most exciting thing to do is like break your routine, and breaking your routine in this case is like being more boring. Yeah, and it's actually not boring because if you think about it, it's more boring to like dull all your senses to oblivion. Yeah, yeah, dude you know absolutely yeah yeah and now yeah. i'm like i i'm productive until like 8 p.m like i'm whether i'm playing video games with the boys or writing or doing something like from 5 to 12 a.m every day i dedicated that time to alcohol and i wouldn't let anybody in that zoo it was just me and my animals and yeah. like <laughs> so i closed myself off to the entire world because i was like this is my time but yeah. now that i don't have i have an extra seven hours in the day which means every 10 days, that's an extra 70 hours. There's almost three extra days of conscious living that I am receiving every two weeks, around every two weeks. And it's so it's like, I'm, I'm so productive. Yeah, man, that's incredible. It's awesome. Yeah, we'll, Here. We'll, we'll see if it keeps going. I think it will, but I, I, I don't want, I don't want it to become a thing where people are watching for me to fuck up. Yeah. Right. I want it to be a pretty easy, relaxed thing. And right now I feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, man, I just, 
there were a few like people in my life that I had to cut out like a few habits I just small habits I changed over 2020 and it just made all the difference and that's why that's kind of, I, I didn't mean to ask right away at the beginning of the episode but I'm I'm really excited for you and um I'm interested to see how this goes and um it's just yeah I'm interested um, too I mean we'll see I'm interested to see how fast I can achieve my goals mm-hmm. with that extra exactly. three days I'm saying man I think that it's just it's gonna be really cool and who knows what kind of like weird wellness shit you're gonna pick up i mean you might be you might start journaling I'm making you, overnight oats you're making overnight oats. i'm making man. overnight oats the other I day I, I uh i thought about like just making hard-boiled eggs and eating hard-boiled eggs for breakfast because i want to change my routine for the better because i i'm really bad with breakfast as mm. well and and i was like you know where is this coming from you know this but yeah i don't know i i've had a good uh shift in energy as well and if i start eating only hard-boiled eggs in the morning i feel like i will become iron man unstoppable yeah 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 you know it's really good with hard-boiled eggs hot sauce okay thank you are you, you a spicy for... food guy are you a spicy food guy absolutely because hot sauce spicy. has like nothing in it it's just like vinegar and 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 pepper oil you know okay. like it's really chill so it's like it doesn't add it doesn't it... on hard-boiled eggs it's really good you just rip okay. that shit you just bite bite down the middle put some hot sauce in the fucking egg cup and you just you just fucking boof that shit right up the butt okay. it's so good i yeah i'm ready for it i've just been eating one apple uh in a cold brew for for breakfast and i yeah i'm exhausted by by lunch before lunch i'm exhausted by like 11 30 yeah. i feel like it's like 3 30 yeah and it's it's terrible and it really fucks up most of my day so I had a honey turmeric latte today. Oh, baby. It was very good. It dude. was very good, dude. How much did that cost? $7. Before <laughs> <two. laughs> did you get it at, at uh, J Ray's? No, no, I got it at Shift. I've become a Shift guy lately. Shift. Yeah, dude, I love Shift, man. Here's, here's, got- why, I, here's why I like Shift. I can walk in and talk to a human being, and I really like I like that a lot. Yeah, dude. Like I, you kind of get that at Beyond Brew, but it's just a drive-through, so they like close the window. Right. But there, it's like, it just. I realize I really. I told my mom. I I was telling my mom about this, and I said I think I want to get an espresso machine because I spend a lot on coffee mm. when I'm going out. Right. Mm-hmm. I do. I probably go out three times a week for mm-hmm. coffee. That's a lot. You know, when they're, and, and the drink, I get like six, $7 drink. They're expensive, you know? Yeah. And she's like, even if you had one at home, you don't get, it's not, it's not just the latte. It's, it's the getting out of bed, getting in your car, you listen to a pot. You know, she's like, listen to music. You go down, you talk to, it's the routine of it. That's so mm-hmm. nice. True. And I, I realized like, especially when I have to get something done and I'm like, not looking forward to getting out of bed. I use a bougie coffee as leverage to myself. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll go here and I'll get a coffee before. And then it's, then I'm like right out of bed because I'm so excited for that treat. It's like a treat, like a dog. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm not buying an espresso machine. I'm just allowing myself to, I would like to get down to two fancy drinks a week, Mm. man. I love them. Yeah, dude, I got the same thing going with the cold brew. I buy the cold brew every day, five days a week. And you can buy cold brew at the store in gallons. I know, but it really, I love it. But it's the same thing, isn't it? 
I listened to a wellness coach who was on another podcast and he talked about the importance of like doing one small thing for yourself a day. And that's what I consider my little Yeah, I also like with, I'm kind of letting myself have the freedom to indulge in things that aren't that bad for me because I'm in the midst of like breaking a bad habit. Right. So like I'm I'm letting myself have a little more. Yeah. You know, and it I think it's just it keeps my head on straight. It doesn't feel like I'm losing out on anything. It yeah, it man. feels like I'm gaining other things. Absolutely, you should, man. It it's uh yeah, you got to do what you got to do to keep that good stuff going and then eventually when you have if you have the power to let's say you did want to totally abolish alcohol from your life. Once you do that, then the next thing will be abolishing fancy coffee drinks from your life, right? And it's going to be easier. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, well, what's nice is I, I, the alcohol thing is it will probably stand in my life as like the hardest thing to overcome. Mm -hmm. If I, I mean, hopefully I don't start heroin, but like it's on that level, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like a, it's a notable bad habit, like cigarettes right. or something like that, you know? especially the way I was drinking. So if I can do that, I'm going to, I'm going to have a lot of confidence that I can really kick whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that'll be an exciting thing. And, you know, if we're still doing this podcast a year from now and you're still buying $7 turmeric honey lattes or whatever the hell you said, it's okay to do that. We'll, we'll get you. No, we'll, we'll get you. We'll, we'll I, be accountable. How much is your cold brew, Mister Straight to the Vein? Hey, don't put this on me. I didn't say. I said I. That's part of my thing. I want to keep that around. It's too much to be I, spending. I want to keep honey turmeric lattes around. Well, Just okay, not you, every day. Okay. Okay. Well, right. If it becomes a thing, because that's another funny part of it is like, if when you kick that bad habit, that there could be another habit. Yeah, I'm I'm very cognizant of that. Right, very right. cognizant oh, of that. That's what I'm thinking like if you're uh, going to replace these, you know, the alcohol with the turmeric lattes. <laughs> probably a better habit, still not great. Way better. Um yeah, but we'll see. Or maybe I'll just be at a point in life in a year where I won't have to worry about $7 a day. True, that'd be awesome too. And that would be great. I mean, how great would it be to start myself with a honey turmeric oat milk latte every day? Yeah, and not feel guilty about it. Absolutely. Maybe the guilt never goes away. Maybe that's my Christian upbringing. Fuck God. Maybe we need. Maybe you just need something to feel guilty about, and that's because you were raised <sighs> Christian. So the alcohol is a product of Christianity. Yeah, and and I've talked myself out of masturbation guilt, so I need to fill that that void. <laughs> oh my goodness! That ship, the, the shame on that the ship. That shape ship. Sailed long ago. That shame ship has sailed, baby. Oh. Yeah, in seventh grade, dude. Between the time I, I had paper out and Wednesday night confirmation, I had an hour home by myself, and I was a I was productive. I my fluid production was through the roof. I was like, I was like a a backhoe on a construction site with a blown hydraulic tube, just. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. All right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can you tell us a little bit more about your paper route? I want to know more about the paper route. Yeah, dude. It's actually a segue to what we talked we were talk you wanted to talk about, which is music. It's where I really fell in love with music. Oh, it's awesome. 
um, want to be today texted me and said, can we talk about songs that changed our lives? Um, and music really did that for me. I, what paper out did, I, I feel like we've talked about my paper out. Have we not? Have we gotten into it? I don't think You know so. what? Fuck it. New listeners. Hello, new listeners. Hey, everybody. What my paper out did was it gave me expendable income at in sixth grade. Because mm. I was making hundred bucks every two weeks. That's a lot of money for a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, the thing about money, when you have no car, like you don't even know how to spend it. You can't spend it. Right. You got, and, and I love spending. And so like, I would like go to the grocery store with my mom and I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to get this with my own money. And she's like, fuck, I should never given him that job. Let him have that job. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to, I bought, I loved music. I, I think I loved music. Um, mm. I got a CD player for my birthday, like a portable Walkman with hits of this. My dad gave me hits of the seventies, uh, oh. two disc set. Right on. And uh, there were a couple songs in there that was good. Like there was like celebrate good times, come on, bah, bah, bah. and like September was on there. Mm. Um, a lot of good songs, but it wasn't like I didn't like it. Like I liked it, but then the first two CDs I bought were um, the Killers' Hot Fuss. Oh boy! And then the White Stripes' Elephant. So I have a pretty cool first CD purchases. I feel is Elephant the red one. That's they're all red. That's their whole thing. But it's the one with Re- Seven Nation Army on it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that those records, I mean, White Stripes made me fall in love with the guitar sounds mm-hmm. and like energy. And it was so simple. It was just a guitar player and a drummer, you know. And then the Killers made me fall in love with choruses and hooks. Yeah, they have fantastic choruses and like pretty good like wordplay too. Correct, like. Good yeah, they're, they're they're just very anthemic. Yeah, you know yeah. it's it's music it's rock music made for arenas. Got you. you. Know? And uh, they had that one. They have it's track six on their first record. All the things that I've done, mm. and that's the one that goes. I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Mm. I'm sure you've heard it. And it the whole in the bridge, it all comes really down low, and they build it up, and he's like. I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I've got soul. And it's like, it just keeps going. And they build a choir on top and the drums come in, the guitars, and it just builds this anthemic, like, soldier. And I remember like getting chills as a kid. I was like, I want to do music like this. Yeah, I want to make this. Like the way it made me feel was just like, because I pictured, I pictured myself like, it was if I was in the band and I was like closing my eyes, I just remember like, I thought I pictured myself performing this at like the talent show in middle school. And I just got these like huge chills and like rush of like just adrenaline. And I was like, I want to do that. Like I want to be in a band. And then I did it. Oh, that's awesome, man. I love that. I'm, I, I'm trying to think of those first songs that really, cause I think one of the early, well, I grew up on a CD player. I had a Johnny Cash CD. Well, I should say my dad had a bunch of Johnny Cash CDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're a kid, uh, is anything really yours? <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. My dad had a bunch of Johnny Cash CDs in the car. So it was Johnny Cash. And my mom had Billy Joel. I really mm. like Billy Joel. God, um, I love that. Still Rock and Roll to Me by Billy Joel, dude. That was like the first bop. Like every time we got in the car, we just begged my mom to play that. How does that song go? 
what's the matter with the crowd what you tell and i don't even know the words anymore but um and it's not the it's one like, that goes still love that old time rock and roll no no that's <laughs> that's i believe is a bob bob Seger. bob um, Seger. okay i okay everyone sorry for all those listening i am an idiot let me think of the chorus on still rock and roll to me um yeah uh, um basically he's saying that like stuff comes in and out of style but it's still right it's still cool to him still rock and roll to me hell yeah uh, dude and i the message is great um still rock and roll to me that's kind of oh yeah it, i know that yeah, yeah i got it i hear uh, i hear it now i'm i because i knew i had heard it yes i because it's you know it's billy joel for God's sake. yeah yeah yeah, so Billy Joel, it was Billy Joel's greatest hits, and so there's obviously some great ones on there. And then um, the Beach Boys, um, oh yeah, too cool for school or whatever that was. Stay true to your school, that was a big <laughs> one. And um, and the Beatles, my dad had Beatles number one greatest hits. Yeah. Um, so I used to listen to Day Tripper, and that's kind of where I got really obsessed with guitar riffs, a Day yeah. Tripper riff. Um, and then yeah, and then once I started playing guitar, I could explore music in a whole different dimension i could understand the music the music theory behind it and then yeah you get you list you like i learned the white stripes i learned seven nation army and you can see what jack white was doing when he was making that riff and it was just it was fascinating yeah Um, yeah and then i and then i got into hendrix and the red hot chili peppers and those were Red Hot Chili Peppers were pretty big for me, but just that one record. But that's because everyone loved that record. The one with snow on it. Yep. I mean, everyone loved Stadium Arcadium is what it was called. Yeah, Stadium Arcadium. It had Danny California too, I believe. Did it have Danny California on it? I thought that was the record before. Check that out. Um, Maybe uh, Stadium Arcadium. Um, Stadium Arcadium had, oh, it did have, oh. Danny California is it's the first track actually. Okay. I'm okay. definitely gonna listen to this today. It's gonna be a blast yeah, from the past. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. But yeah, the first time you hear snow, it's just like mesmerizing. That riff, it just sucks you in. Yeah, man. And um I I learned that played it. I like I, when I learned to play it on guitar, I thought that I was that was like what it was all about right there i thought that my life could have ended right there that's what it's all about huh yeah dude and i still love playing that riff yeah and it makes that riff go again and um like yeah i guess when i learned when i learned that riff it was like made it worth all of those shitty days of practicing guitar where it's like really frustrating in the beginning yeah and you're like, oh my god! I never would have thought that I could have played this song, and now here I am, and it's like, oh my god! Yeah, I don't learn other people's songs. I'm I'm kind okay, of a so dick. You- I'm kind of a dick. Yeah. I don't. I learned enough to learn how to do it, but I mm-hmm. really once I learned like the chords. Like of course, when I was learning, I I like I learned covers with acoustic that I could sing to, mm-hmm. but like. I never got into doing cover. Like I never got into learning other people's songs. I just want to write my own song. I always just want to write my own songs. Yeah, dude. Kurt Cobain is quoted saying the same thing. He just started writing songs as soon as he started learning music. Yeah. And I was, and that's why I was bad at lessons. You know, like I took lessons for a year, but practice like four times okay. because like once I knew the chords, I was like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm done. And he's like, no, we're going to learn. We're going to learn, uh, 
here comes the sun by the Beatles. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I see I was the opposite. I, as soon as I started getting good, I, when I could play um, Sunshine of Your Love. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun. I played that so many times that my mom had to tell me to stop practicing. She's like, do you know any other songs? I got obsessed with that. I loved learning the, Dude, the music. There's something, there's something when you, I mean, I got this while writing. Like if I came up with a cool chord progression or like if I was on the piano at school, I would play it for an hour straight. It's like entrancing. Yeah. And I remember one time I was playing this arpeggiated melody on the piano and it was at lunchtime and my band teacher knocked on the door and he's like, Hey, can you play something different? <laughs> like oh same God. thing. He's just like, he's like, I've been hearing this for forty minutes. <laughs> like, oh my God. Office is right next to the practice room. Yeah. So similar thing. Maybe my band teacher and your mom, you know, maybe they could have been in love some in one life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. In a Probably different dimension, a different that's, uh, universe. That's pretty weird to think about, but thanks for that. Yeah. But. Mr. Baldwin had coffee breath too, so I hope your mom's. Oh man, yeah, my mom's not even a coffee drinker, so she probably wouldn't have any appreciation. Again, though, another universe, different dimension, true, different set of rules. You never know. Absolutely. Do you think? Um, you think you have to be a smoker to date a smoker? Huh. I don't know. I've made out with girls who are smokers, (laughs) and it 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 definitely. shows it definitely shows yeah um but at the time i was so hammered i didn't really give a fuck right i was just happy the ashtray was kissing back um i don't know maybe yeah do you think that i mean here's a question i've been asking myself lately could i be in a relationship with somebody who drinks heavily I don't think so anymore. I think right. that would be bad for me. And if you asked me six months ago, that would have been my ideal companion. Um, but yeah. that was a different guy six months ago. Like now it's like, I want someone who has a nighttime routine who makes overnight oats. That's what I'm like. Hell yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, It's weird. Yeah. That's really interesting too, man, because there's, ugh, there's so many people I interact with throughout the week. I'm a judgmental guy. I, I always own up to that. Me I'll too. See. Very judgmental. But here's what's weird is I'm a, I'm right a hundred percent of the time. About my judgment. <laughs> but but that's the thing, man. Is and then as soon as you change one part of your life, right? And then all of a sudden our judgments were rethinking those judgments. Like I, I judge yeah. a lot of people as being like too uptight, right? Um, I'm a type seven on the Enneagram, and one of the things that we're known for is kind of telling everyone that they're too uptight or you're no getting too worked up too easily. But then as soon as I'll make one change, right? Like I start like working out again. I'm like, damn, this structure is really nice. And then it's like, yeah. wow. And then you become envious of those people that before I was calling too uptight. Um, and so I think that's kind of one of the main reasons why being too judgmental is a negative thing is because it's just a waste of time. Although it is incredibly fun and I am right about it a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So. I, uh, I, I think I'm an Enneagram three. Yes. I believe we've, yes, you are a three. You yeah. totally. Um, Cause I'm achievement focused and I don't feel love yes. unless people tell me they love me. Right. Yeah. That's um, really, or they, it's not even love me. It's they have to love what I've done. Yeah, dude. And then I feel it. Cause I can't feel it. 
can't fake it. You can't like anytime people give you a compliment, your, your brain probably reroutes it as not being um, credible or genuine or something, but you can't really fake love. And I think that's the beauty of stand up comedy is like, you can't really fake that when you get a room it's, full of that's why it's so that's why it's so pure yes it's very yeah. pure because you can get one or two people to fake it maybe even a group of five yeah but there's no way you're going to sit in front of a room of 50 plus people and everyone's going to play along that you're funny there's no way or right. be interested you know like this i kind of want to get back into comedy pretty hard it, it's tough right now with covid because like it would have to be open mics. That's the only mm-hmm. way I get back into it. Um, Cause no one would book me for a comedy gig, but like it's a really pure art form because you have to be bad in front of people to get better. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of sacrifice yourself and say like the process, here's the process. And even when you're great, I mean, any comedian, any great comedian will tell you this. Um, even when you're great, you can still bomb. You can still just like not be in tune to the audience one night or something's, you know, maybe there was a lot of traffic getting to the show and the audience just pissed and you just can't catch, you can't hook them. Right. Mm. Like any, and I just finished a book about stand-up comedy. That's why it's funny. You brought it up. Um, And it's just like, it's so pure because of that, because it's never certain. And so when you, when you get a win, it's always a good win. It's never, Mm. never like, uh, a, a phoned in win from the audience it's always genuine that's really cool you wrote uh who wrote that book on it uh so it's actually a it's a it's a novel but it's based on a bunch of different comedians experiences it's written by um sam talent who's been to where we live a bunch of times um to perform he's like a smaller stand-up comedian but he he's like you know some people say like this is a musician's musician. Like it's, they're not like super well-known, but musicians like really respect them. That's Mm kind of how Sam talent is as a comedian. He's very well respected by the comedy community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he kind of just compiled a bunch of these stories about like the road and how hard it is. And it's a tragedy, but it's so good. And it, it fucked me up for like two days when I finished it. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Well, it's just I relate to the feeling of being feeling like a king on stage and feeling like that's the only thing you have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. It's pretty deep. It's really good. It's, your... really, it's really, really well written. Yeah. I'm going to have to borrow that from you sometime. My Sam dad's t- on the list next. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, okay. I told him about it. And he's like, bring it to the cabin this weekend. <laughs> I want to read that. I'm trying to think of examples of someone who'd be like a musician's musician. Like, kind of like, I don't I mean, know. Like this, Eric Clapton? Is that the thing? Like, where they're very talented and, and they're low-key? I mean, he's probably popular, too. Right. But I, I feel like he's not, like, I was going to say John Mayer popular, but that's pretty insulting to Eric Clapton. Yeah. I don't right. know. That's a bad example. Well, I think of the band Chicago. I don't know how popular they were. I think they were pretty big, but, like, they're all incredibly talented and they're a band, but they've got the brass instruments and mm. like every instrumentalist in that band is incredibly good, but I don't think I could name a, an individual member. So I, I couldn't name I, a Chicago song, to be honest with you. Right. It's the Saturday in the park. 
No, I don't. I don't recognize it. That one's in like a ton of movies and, and whatnot. But um, <laughs> Hendrix was probably a musician's musician in a certain way. Yeah, I think. But if he would have lasted longer, do you think that he would have gone more mainstream? You know, he. Um, well, I actually read a book written by his brother, and apparently he did have. I mean, I probably he probably would have cranked out a few more hits that got bigger than any of his biggest hits. Um, he did have intentions on doing like orchestral work. He was obsessed with music. And so Hendrix, I think, might be a too unique of a an example. But I, yeah, anyway. You're a big Hendrix guy, huh? Yeah, I got obsessed with Hendrix. Um, and I would, he was the only musician that I would memorize the solos of. Because once I got good enough, I can play. Like when we do covers, I'll just make up a, a solo yeah. on the top of my head. Um, but with Hendrix, I liked to learn his solos because I was just curious as to what kind of... I, I like learn music theory by learning Hendrix songs because of his... Mm. He was so talented. He would use many different aspects of music theory. Yeah. Um, and then I read a book written by his brother that was really fascinating. And it, it, his story is so cool because his... um his legacy could be much bigger, but his, his family was very poor. And then he had a, his father died early and then he gave the rights to like this evil stepmom figure. And so um, it's very difficult for them. Like his brother was supposed to get a lot more money after his death than he did because the stepmom collected all of the like copyright and everything or all the rights to everything. That's tough. It's, it's, it's just awful to think about his posthumous legacy being interrupted by like a person he didn't even really like, you know, yeah. or no, because he was a famous and then his dad married this woman for a short period of time. Anyway. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But well, I think it's that time of the week. Should we do our word of the day? Word of the day. The word of the day is brought to you by Webster's International Dictionary. firmly believe you would believe anything I say in this voice. Good guitar. How long can we keep this bit going before people turn it off? Word of the day. The day of the word, the word for you. Word of the day. Today's word of the day is brusque, B-R-U-S-Q-U-E. The definition is markedly short and abrupt. Two, blunt in manner or speech often to the point of ungracious harshness. Example, where are you getting all this? Dina asked, drawing startled or disapproving glances from a few who worried that she was being too brusque with the boss. It's only been what, four hours? (laughs) So what do you think of the word brusque? I I didn't catch the thing about the word brusque, but I love the example story. Yeah. <laughs> There's a second one. Would you like to hear the second one? Absolutely. We've all been there. Yeah. This is from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. <laughs> Archaeologists look down on him because of his working class background and his brusque manner hasn't won him many friends. He doesn't argue with those he disagrees with. He just walks away. 
So for me, brusque, I am brusque in the grocery store now because I don't feel the need to make everyone love me. And so I, I shop at the grocery store in a very brusque manner. Mm. Yeah. My goal is to be a bit more brusque in traffic. You want to go faster? Yeah. Without, without consequence? Yes. Be a bit more <laughs> aggressive out there. You shouldn't, no, dude. I- dude, I hate, I hate people who drive fast. So fuck off. Here's the thing. Everyone is driving fast to get to another place they complain about. I know I say this all the time, but what the fuck are people doing? <laughs> they're literally they're they're true. they're bunny, they're jackrabbit driving all around town to get to another place they don't want to be. It right. makes no sense to me. And and, and what's the hope that eventually they get home early enough? You know what I notice with when you're on, especially when you're on like a long road with stoplights. Those people who get off the line like they're fucking seventh graders coming for the first time, we're right at the next stoplight together. Yeah. He's wiping off, looking embarrassed. I'm casual. I show up. I've just been listening to to a podcast with Ram Dass. Like, it's just like, just chill. Everyone needs to chill out while driving. We're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're right, man. We all need to, you know, we need to brush off the brusque. We need to brush off the brusque. This week, that's going to be my affirmation. I hope everything continues to go well with you on your journey of we'll slowly, see. you know, avoiding. I don't, well, we're not saying removing, right? I'm not, remo- I'm not avoiding. I'm not removing. I just don't want it. Love that. Um, for all, all of you out there, brush off the brusque. Brush off the brusque. Title of the episode, baby. See you later, buddy.